This audio session is taken from the Shofar Bible School first year course. You can register for the full Bible School course by visiting our Shofar online store at www.shofaronlinestore.org. The topic for this session is The Return of the King. It is part of Module 18. What is the Gospel? Hello, family. My name is Vilio, and it's my massive privilege um, this day to be kicking off the module on what is the gospel. And it's probably the most fundamental thing to us as believers. Um, and in section three, we're looking at understanding the world. So what is reality? How do we understand reality? How do we engage constructively and effectively with, with the world around us? Um, and like I said, as believers, the gospel is so, so crucial to our understanding of what reality is. But without further ado, I'd love to pray for us, and then we can dive right into it. Father God, we exalt you. We give you praise, Lord. Um, we consecrate this session to you, Father God, and say, Lord, make your word alive to us. Come and give us the understanding, Father God, of what it means, Father, to say that we, 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 we believe in this good news, that we have been saved by your Son, Jesus Christ, Father God. Lord, we just pray, Holy Spirit, and make your word alive to us, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So just by means of introduction, we, we see that in, in the Bible, the, the disciples went about preaching the good news, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of heaven, proclaiming this good news of Jesus. And the relevancy is that as much as it was relevant for them, even for us today, it is still relevant. Because the good news is still good news. And looking at the definition of what good news means, it's actually an Anglo-Saxon word, um, Godspell, which directly translated means good tidings or good news. And it's so easy to just hide behind this, in a sense, one-liner and say good news, but it's so much deeper. Um, there's so many different facets surrounding the good news and surrounding the understanding of, of the gospel. And... With that, I'd like for us to turn to the, 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 the idea of the Old Testament and how the Old Testament, the Israelites, who were the people of God, were taken out of captivity. So they were in, Is in Egypt um, for something like 400 years and they were enslaved. Just imagine being a slave um, for such a long period of time, generation after generation, being in captivity. Slaves didn't have rights, or they had minimal rights. Um, they didn't have much of a say in terms of legal matters. And the Lord, through the Exodus, delivered them from this, this place of slavery in Egypt. And that was good news. That was great news. But in order for that to happen, there had to be a king. And in, the, in that time, the Lord was, in a sense, their king who led them. Out of, out of Egypt, out of that place of captivity. And in the gospel, we see that Jesus Christ is this king. And that's why the, this session, this first session, um, is called the return of the king. Because since that time, as much as the Israelites went to the promised land eventually, back and forth, there were so many different things happening. And because of their idolatry and because of turning their hearts away from the Lord, they ended up going back into, into exile, into Babylon. And in a sense, we could ask ourselves today, 
are we in captivity? Are we, in some aspect, in some way in our lives, in Babylon? Or are we truly living in the fullness, in the freedom that the good news has purchased for us? And this analogy of, of a kingdom and of a king, it might be a bit difficult to understand, especially for us in a, in a modern world, because we don't have a monarchy ruling over the country. I mean, people protest, people go to polling stations and vote. Those things didn't happen back then when there were kingdoms. No one could vote. A king was simply born a king and they were a king and their word was final. But perhaps an analogy which we, we, we can use is that of colonialism and that of independent struggles. And I live in Africa, and Africa is probably the continent with the most narratives of a colonialization and independence and all these things. And imagine a foreign country coming, invading your country, and beginning to rule over your people. Beginning to put their laws on them, beginning to put their language, and ultimately you're being led and being ruled by a people who is not your own people and who you know nothing about. But then somewhere, another king comes. And there's, there's this constant longing for a country that's under colonial oppression to be free. And in a sense, before we meet God, before we come to face with the living God, before we encounter this good news of the gospel, there's a cry in the heart of every man, woman, and child to have a savior, to know a savior. And especially in the modern generation, we see that some of the best-selling movies and the highest-grossing movies are that of superheroes. Because in, in us, there's a desire to be saved. Because we know that we're in a bad position and there's something that we must be saved from. And that's what the Bible calls sin. And what the Bible refers to as death, even. Um, because sin leads to death. Now, I'd like to... For us to read a scripture in Isaiah and chapter 52 from verse 7, verse 7 to 8. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. And for the Israelites, this was such a crucial longing that they had for the king to return to Zion, for the Lord to return to Zion. Because they knew in their hearts that they had departed. Because as much as a covenant had been established, by their ancestors with the Lord. So with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it was undeniable that that covenant had been broken. That agreement, the terms of, of that initial agreement were, were broken through the sin, through disobedience, through rebellion in Israel. And because of that, they longed for the return of the king. And in this scripture, we see the scripture fulfilled when Jesus Christ brings the good news and he announces the good news. And the king is back. And ultimately, we have to ask ourselves, what would it look like if society, if our lives, if our families were ruled and governed by God? 
Just take a moment to think about that. What, what would that mean? Because that's what we mean when we say, Lord, may your kingdom come. Because a kingdom is where a king rules. And the king, in this context, is God. And he exercised his rule through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's why it's good news. And this is just the first, the first aspect, but let's look at the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 1 from verse 14 to 15. As we look at our key Bible passage. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Take 10 minutes to reflect on and discuss this session's key Bible passage together with others in your class. If you are watching on your own, take a few minutes to reflect on the key Bible passage by yourself. Repent and believe in the gospel. And the question we can ask is, why did Jesus say this? Why did Jesus say that God's kingdom is at hand? And we see in the life of Jesus and just even linking back to what we said about the session of viewing reality and understanding the world and how the gospel is so fundamental to our understanding of reality is we see in Jesus' ministry, in Jesus' life, the presentation of another reality. It's almost like the frame of reference that the people had at the time could not accommodate what Jesus was declaring and what he was proclaiming because he was proclaiming a completely different kingdom. He cleansed the leper, he opened the eyes of the blind, he forgave sins, he spent time with the poor, with the sinners. It was just completely upside down. And we see later in the, in the lives of the apostles how they continue this ministry um, with turning the world upside down in a sense. And this is the good news and this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom of God. But one thing that this kingdom would necessitate is a response. There has to be a response from us. There has to be a response from our side when we see what we have never seen before. When we see reality painted in such a way, lived out in such a way, that we know it's right. That we know this is actually how it should be. When the leper is cleansed, when the sinner is forgiven, when injustice is confronted. Um, but then it, it, it necessitates it requires a response from us and this is the response that jesus charges his audience here with repent and believe repent to turn away from our sins 180 degrees it's the greek word metanoia and to believe in the gospel to believe in the good news and as mentioned before there's a strong underemphasis of of the, 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 the aspect of the kingdom in association to the gospel, especially in the modern audience because of democracy and because it's just completely out of our social and, and, and historical framework for many of us. But it's very crucial that we, that we understand this because as much as there is a kingdom and God rules over that kingdom, He desires to rule in our hearts. He desires to rule in our families. And ultimately, the implications of the good news, as were, were laid out by Jesus in the first century context, 
with there being a lot of root issues. And it's important to understand that the expectation of the Jews even was not in the first place that God would come in the form of Jesus, how he came so humble on a donkey. Just imagine, they expected a ruler to come and overthrow the Roman, the Roman government and to liberate Israel politically. But that was not the expectation. And although it was at a different time, although it was in a completely different context, how often do we also long for that? We, we long for almost a, a political freedom or materialistic release from the suffering of this world. Um, and in that sense, it's, it's very much comparative that the root issues stay the same. And the final scripture, like for us to read, is Colossians 1 and from verse 13 to 14, where it says the following. It says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So he has delivered us, he has set us free from the domain, from the, from the rule of darkness, and he has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. So literally, like the Israelites, we were completely in slavery, completely under oppression, but then he took us and put us into a new kingdom. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that good news? We couldn't do anything about it. We couldn't purchase it. We couldn't work for it. Um, and we try. We, we, we tried everything. It's like someone who's stuck in a hole. And you don't have a rope. You don't have a shovel. You don't have anything. Unless someone either comes into that hole and pulls you out, you are going to die in that hole. And similarly, apart from Christ, without God's rule, an intervention in our lives, we would be dead in our sins. But hallelujah, because that is the good news. Now, what are the implications of that? What are the implications of the king having come and ru ruling over us now? What is the implications of the kingdom having come? The implications extend into our lives entirely. So relationally, socially, Politically, even their implications, spiritually, all the lees, their implications for everything. Um, because Jesus is king. And that is the good news. That the king has come. And because the king has come, it is possible for another reality to take place. And we see in the gospel the disciples following, following Jesus through this entire process and many times having questions, many times not understanding. And probably the, 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 the biggest moment, one of the biggest moments of, of, of despondency for the disciples was when Jesus, just exactly like he said and exactly like the scriptures prophesied, died on the cross. But he did not stay dead. Hallelujah. And that's what we will look at in the next module. Take 15 minutes to reflect on and discuss the following points together with others in your class. If you are watching on your own, take a few minutes to reflect on the points by yourself. You can find the discussion points in your Bible School Handbook. Look out for the Living the Word sections in each session.